Hey, hey guys, how you doing? I want to introduce you to my people, my family. I got two Aggies. They're pretty amazing. And I have a high school student, and I have an adopted son from Rwanda who is in middle school. And here's what I want you to know, is I'm in the thick of this with them. My kids are your ages, and I minister to your ages a lot. And I'm up here today because I believe there are burdens that you're carrying that are too heavy. I want to start by telling you about a time I was speaking in Dallas, and my husband was on the front row. I was actually speaking at the porch. And I'm sitting on the front row, and right before I go up, my husband leans over and says, hey, babe, your daughter's locked in the bathroom. And so this is the text stream that went down while my daughter was in the bathroom. Hey, you guys, go rescue Caroline, who's locked in the bathroom. Caroline, are you out? This is bad. This is my oldest son. Mom is on stage. Can I break the door? There's no other solution. I've got to go to school. Now, my son was going to SMU around the corner, and that boy was playing football, and he was home. And my, my door is in a house that is 100 years old. So the door, my husband did not want broken down. So next, next page. I'm coming home in a second. Okay, well, I can break it. No, give Caroline a phone. Caroline, just wait till mom's finished. I will call you. Now my daughter, at that point, my husband called her and said, hey, Caroline, you're always in the bathroom. Just do whatever you do while you're in the bathroom. I got my pads on, Dad. Can I just get her out? This is not working. Next slide. Now I start here because this is not a show. This is not for your entertainment. Louis and Shelley do not do all of this. All of us up here are not doing this to impress you or to entertain you. We are doing this because we believe that Jesus is really coming back. Because we believe that you have something very important to do with your lives. We believe that this room, little town hall meeting that we're having here, that you could change eternity. We believe that. This is us coming through the bathroom door for you. This is us suited up, using our gifts, our talents, our words, our songs, coming through the door for you. Because our God is real. And our God is able. And these things that we've been carrying, guys, what if Jesus comes back in our generation? What if while you have breath in your short years here, Jesus Christ comes down from heaven and takes us home? What would you do differently? 
We've been talking about the glory of God, and I've been up there crying and worshiping just like you on my knees. And what a waste that would be if we half-heartedly do this. What a waste it would be. I want to start with a scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Here's where we're going to camp out. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off the sin and the weight that entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Now let me start with this. Tomorrow morning, you will wake up, and I believe every one of you to some degree that follows Jesus Christ and was in this room for these two days, you will walk out of this door and you will start a race. And I believe hundreds, if not thousands of you, that race will take you to the ends of the earth simply because of what God did last night through David Platt. I believe people in this room will go to countries of unreached people groups. You will do incredible things for the kingdom of God. I believe it in Jesus' name, amen, let it be. Let it be that this room, all 60,000 of you, actually run the race that God set out before you. But what a shame. If you wake up tomorrow with all of the beauty of beholding God for these two days, you never threw off your sin. And you try to go run that supernatural, prepared in advance race that God built for you with all this crap. Is that a cuss word? Shelly, am I okay? It's a cuss word in my house. So I say we throw it off. Throw off the weight and the sin that's so easily entangles. But first, let's talk about why it so easily entangles us. Like Ben talked about, there's a devil, and he's good. If he wasn't good, we'd all be really free and causing a lot of havoc for hell. He's good. And Ben addressed a lot about the weight, the anxiety. Let me, let me tell you the difference of these two, three things, sin and weight. Weight are circumstances that you can't control. Weight, they're things like maybe your parents are divorced or you're walking through a season of mental illness, of depression or anxiety. A lot of those things are not completely in your control. We all have weight, but we also have sin. And scripture tells us we can throw those two things off. So I think we should. If we can, we should. But the enemy's good. The first thing he does, 
The first thing he, he lies to us about with our sin and our weight, the first thing is he makes us love it. He makes us put our identity in it, get comfortable with it, not mind it one bit. And some of you, you're sleeping with your girlfriend, you're sleeping with your boyfriend, you're getting drunk. And you know what? I don't care. But you are wasting this short life that God has given you. And as long as you love it and you're not willing to throw it off, the problem with sin, it never shrinks. It only grows. You kill sin or it will kill you. Sin isn't neutral. It wants to take you down. And we all have it. We all have it. For some of us, it is prettier than others. We can hide it better. But we all have it. And I bet right now, even as you're sitting there in the back of your head, you know what yours is. You know a word for it. It's, it's in your mind. And for some of you, it might be something that seems small, like people pleasing. But that's actually idolatry. It's one of the first commandments that don't love anything more than God. And for some of you, you're high right now and not on Jesus. Like yours is more obvious. You know what it is. And you're comfortable with it. And I wonder depending on how comfortable you are with it, if you're even saved. And I don't say that to be mean. I say that because if you aren't, it could save your soul. Because those of us that know God, we're not supposed to be this comfortable with sin. We're supposed to hate it. And you're possibly at colleges where it's just normal. It's what everybody does. Guys, yeah, we're supposed to be completely different. We're supposed to live completely differently. I want to pause for a second and I want to tell you I don't care about this 30 minutes. think Jesus might come back. I think he might come back while you're breathing. It's not a prophecy. It's not an announcement. It's just in the Bible, a lot of the things that need to happen have happened. And I'm talking to a whole generation alive on earth and that hadn't even happened many times in history.
And what if he is coming back? And what if we're sitting in our sin like it's no big deal? And what if, even better, what if we stopped? What if in heaven stories were told about this generation that, that had a big meeting and they got real about how they were living and they believed that God was real because it's hard to be in a room like this and not believe that he's real. And together, the generation just threw off all the crud they've been holding on to. They didn't settle to be defined as a victim to their sin or their circumstance, but they rose up and said, we believe God. And not just I believe God, no, we believe God as a generation together, and we're not going to live like the world. We're going to throw it off. I'm just curious, what would happen if 60,000 young people walked out of here and actually run the races that God built for you? There's another thing the enemy does, and crafty. It's good. It's really good, actually, because he hates us, and he wants to destroy us. And those that love God, which after this day, if you're not saved, I'm confused. So I'm going to just go with this room knows Jesus now and loves him. But the enemy does something else with our sin and our burden. And it's worse, I think, than just being comfortable in it. There's this thing that the enemy says to us, it has a name, it's called shame. And the Bible talks about how we are to confess our sin. The Bible talks about there being healing in those that confess sin. Let me read it to you. First John. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So that's how we get well. That's how we throw off our sin. We connect with people, we connect with God, and we say it out loud. Let me be clear what the word confession means. The word confession is to say the truth, to say the truth of our circumstances, to say the truth of our sin. And so what the enemy does is he builds a wall of shame, and what you do is you hide behind it. Now we're good, we do little dances in front of this, but our soul, our secrets, ourselves are actually tucked behind a wall because dare we tell anybody about the abortion we had in high school? 
Dare we tell anybody about our addiction to porn and masturbation? Dare we tell anybody about the suicidal thoughts we have because they're going to think we're crazy? Dare we tell anybody about the brokenness in our home that we were abused? And guys, let me be clear, we're talking about sin and weight. Many of those things are not in your control, but they're still secrets. And guess where the devil has all the power? In the dark. In the dark. In the dark, alone with the devil, he can tell you whatever the heck he wants, and he does, so we build walls in our shame, and we separate ourselves, and we protect ourselves, and we do the song and the dance, and guys, that's okay if this is it and it goes to dark, but if heaven is real and Jesus is coming, what the heck are we pretending for? What are we doing? Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And guess what we're so good at? We're so good at condemnation. There's a reason we hide. There's a reason we don't want to share the things that we're afraid to share. There's a reason. Because we're afraid we're going to be met with condemnation. But what if we weren't? If all the power is in the 2% of the things you will never share with anyone ever, what if you shared them? What if you said it out loud? What if you did it? What if you risked that? What if First John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light, He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. What if all these scriptures were true? What if we could say the thing we were afraid to say, and all of a sudden, instead of being met with condemnation, we were rushed with forgiveness because of the blood of Jesus? What if we were the safest people in the world to share brokenness? I think we could be that. Even the Christian schools that are better at this than some others. No offense, Liberty Baylor. Just kidding. But we all know there's religious circles where this is harder to do. I do not doubt that this could change everything for you personally. I do not doubt it because I've seen it happen over and over and over again. There is something, a weight or a sin that you're afraid to share. And that is where the enemy has all his power over you. So what if we just said it? What if you just said it out loud, what would happen? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to say it out loud. We're going to say it out loud because our God is real and our God is worth risking our reputation. Our God is real and our God is worth 
risking a moment of discomfort. Our God is real, and you free, running your race, surrounded by the saints, watching you, cheering you on, running it to the fullest every day that he's given you till he comes home or till we go home. It's worth saying it out loud because here's the thing, throwing it off is possible. You are not a victim to your circumstance and your sin. You are not defined by it. It has no power over you. It is a lie. It is a lie straight from the pit of hell so that you're ineffective all the days of your life while you're here. Yeah, you'll be saved in heaven because God covers every sin. It's not our confession that saves us. It's our confession that heals us. It's our confession that shows we believe this book. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Here's how we're going to do this. You're going to circle up with one or two people of the same gender, and you're going to say it, whatever your 2% is. And I would encourage you not to say the easy thing, to say the thing that feels impossible to say. You're going to circle up and you're going to say it. You're just going to say it. Just drop it there. I had an abortion. Drop it there. You're going to say it. It's going to feel bad. You're going to do it. And the person that hears you, this is all you're going to do. You're going to say there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. And then you're going to say a one-line prayer for them if you want. And then the other person's going to say it. And this should take all of two minutes. Two minutes to your freedom. Two minutes to you running your race free. Find your people. Say your business. And let's see what happens. Go.